0: and I am Reaper. And I would never thought for a million years that I'd have the great pleasure to be lining you up with one of the guests that we have had we have today, but later on the show we'll be joined by the legendary Chris Barnes. And if you've listened to Hellcast for more than a few episodes, you probably can really imagine how exciting of an interview that would be for me to have. So outside of Hellcast, I've been pretty busy trying to wrap up and just taking the recording process of the new Crucified Mortals album to the next step in the recording process, which can be, to anyone that's had a studio experience, can be a long, drawn-out process for something that just ends up being you know, a few minutes of music, but you know, that's just how it goes. And through that, I've kind of had my initial thoughts that I did with a lot of things, and I was really thinking about just old recordings versus new recordings and that uh through an educated guess and just educated period i've had this theory that the especially nowadays that new recordings people aren't as excited to hear a brand new band or brand new band to them as they are to hear something that would be otherwise new to them especially at this point in time since it's old material that's been you'd done and gone for a few for decades uh if not longer to, to hear the old material and for the first time or just even re- to be able to buy it as there's a lot of obscure bands that are being reissued and i've kind of wondered well why would that be you know a, a new to you band is a new to you band regardless of the year and a lot of that i've obviously has to do with sound and within the underground, there's a lot of people that they try to shoot for having an underground or just a, a, an ugly sound that you know a lot of these old recordings have or, or raw or sound because of the analog to digital kind of thing. And I really kind of, in a way, think that's where the problem lies is because of the digital thing and not exactly because, as many people would think, is because that, uh, well, it's digital, you know, and it's got this different uh, recording quality to it, which, you know, it does, and it does have a different uh, dynamic or just different sound and warmth than an analog does. But I think everyone and their brother nowadays can record their band. And in a way, the same back when... But, to a different level, and by level, meaning you'd obviously today you can do pretty much what would sound be at least something that you could uh confuse someone to be a full on studio recording. In the old days, you would have to go to a, a full-on studio. So if you didn't have the budget and you're going to do it yourself without all the gear and stuff, you would have, you know, a, a boombox, which was, you know, popular with like death and stuff, doing their demos and stuff. And it, you know, it had a lot of it had that really raw energy, and and that was for the sheer sake too of the the, the nature of the equipment that was used. But now, you know, if you got a hundred-dollar microphone and Pro Tools, you can really beef it up up through the use of the program and fool someone that that we was just even done in a bedroom which hell i'm guilty of my doing myself and i think throughout that process the more that you manipulate it and the more that you work at it the more it becomes less and less organic and organic i think is the reason why live music is is so popular, or still just remains to be uh, something that people enjoy, or live anything really. On that note, is because it is organic. It, it has the human element. It just has that certain character to it, and the digital age doesn't. With with people over manipulating it and stuff. And granted, there's a lot of great that you can do with it. You know, some people do keep it simple and just you know it's affordable gear, and they just run and go with it. And there's still a lot of stuff coming out. To like that but i think that there was definitely something with the old stuff whether it had been in this a big studio band down to a boombox band it was so it was still organic from the way that they recorded it you know typically the old days with uh, the band being in there and recording it all at once rather than overdubbing you know by which there'd be you know they're concentrating just doing guitar and concentrating just doing the next guitar and then you know vocals and so on and so forth where there's just play it live, you know, that's how they play it, so it would capture that essence, rather than playing back to a recording of it, so, and I really think that that's kind of what kind of plays into that, and why the interest, or my theory would be why the interest that people have in old recordings... By saying that, I, I've looked into my collection and there's a lot there was some really cool demos that have you know been a while. It's been a while since I recorded or listened to that I uh I got from uh, Sebastian, you may remember from the uh episode he was on. He used to be the drummer for Crucified Mortals, and uh you know, he had this this bag of tapes, and I remember when I got that bag of tapes, it was like it was like just a kid at Christmas. It was really cool to listen to these tapes. Where it's like now, you know, if you get like a cd or something, it's just kind of like, eh, it's not as exciting. And, I, and I, I, like I said, I think it's a lot to do with uh, what I was just previously saying. Nonetheless, I had these tapes, and I, at, at that time, had a tape deck. And he uh, yeah, had the old, uh, the round, oh, geez, I guess it was the first time the the, the CDR recorders came out. So basically, you just hook up the the tape deck to it and record it onto a CDR as you would just to a tape to a tape. So the, the you know the early advancement of CD recording, and uh, so I you know and you'd have to get the, uh, the the start time just right. Like oh fuck, you know the, the tape. This when's the song's tape always has like that pre-roll of silence before the first star song kicks in and. As you may, someone that's uh, you know familiar with the tapes may notice that it was always like you just had like that dis- that uh, distortion, and also when the the program was going to begin, like once it got to like the, the clear or past the clear film into the where the recorded uh, tape is, where the program would start, it would start to get louder or it would just change in tone and then that was when you knew the first song was coming up so i remember waiting for that and then you're like okay cool so you press play on the cd recorder and then still you had like i don't know how many seconds of silence before the first song starts or even when the fucking even harder when the uh songs change you know because on a cd well shit you know i'm gonna use this to my advantage i'm gonna do a song separation and so it was definitely a a very uh, amateur way of going about it, and the, the only way you could really go about it because it was you couldn't really load it in your computer at the time, or at least you could probably, but I I didn't know how to do it at that, that time. So I had I have these old demo recordings, and I was looking through, and was like, "Fuck, these would be some cool bands to play on Hellcast." And so a band that uh, is from my demo transfer. Which actually turned out, uh, I found along a few years later, that uh, there was an LP that came out under the uh, Underground Series, it was called. And I don't know what else was in that series. I would like to definitely like to find out, so anyone that's this is going to start to ring any bells for, feel free to write me and share uh, some knowledge with me. But that's Leprosy with a C. They're from uh, Quebec, Canada. And I was always kind of attracted to the cover of the demo, uh, Brutal Occupation, it's called. It has a cool uh, cover. is like a, a stock photo of, I don't know, of early 1900s, like, hanging. Uh, it, it's, it was always kind of, you know, a cool attraction because then... And it was one of those kind of covers, though, that, you know, you see something like that and I guess maybe expect, uh, like, a, a brutal death metal band or something of the like and then put it on its, you know, pure thrash. And thrash to me that this they got a kind of a, a unique character, especially the the vocals. It's like sometimes it kind of silly. I I guess uh, I don't know if that would be the correct word, but eh, for having a lack of a better term, I'm going to go with silly on it. But uh, I've always enjoyed this demo. I was really excited when I found that LP. I was kind of bummed out the LP didn't have the cover. It was pretty much just a record in a jacket, and then it was just like black and white, and it said, uh, you know, leprosy, or actually bigger than that, underground series. And then it had leprosy and then brutal occupation of the demo but uh nonetheless it's still a great demo and uh, anyone that knows a little bit more about him, i would definitely love to hear more about them i, I know they had uh, i believe another recording that i, I think i do have but uh, at any rate here's leprosy with resurrection Demmed with a freaking silly-ass title of Grandpa Came Home to Dinner. I figured it would suit him because, well, hey, I, I really like that demo. Don't know much about the band other than that demo. Um, it had some bigotry in there, so I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some people that would really appreciate that if they threw that in there, especially on a song that's Grandpa Came to Dinner. Silly, really silly title. I think even some of these other song titles are kind of dumb. Um, well, Pose or of is kind of silly, but uh, that's... You know no really no different than Exodus or some of those other bands that went all along that path but uh, a yeah, cool band they're from New Jersey and I I know they got some other demos that I've I've never heard actually and This just happens to be the only thing I've ever heard had luckily put that demo tape on the same recording at, or same CD as a uh, Leprosy and so figured the can do a double shot with that, but yeah condemned and leprosy Those are two really good bands. I always thought and speaking of like these old bands and stuff, especially the demo material ones, and more and uh, true to the, to the scenario, uh, Pentagram from Chile, uh, where they only did like a demo and they have like a kind of a cult following with that demo, and you know it never did anything ever since. Like all of a sudden, you know, however many years later, decades later, they come back and they finally do an album, and you know and this is going to go contradictory to the point I'm going to make with this uh topic but that they uh it was actually really good it was and it was even cooler because that album uh the malefists or i forget what it was called off the top of my head but uh they had a, a bonus disc and the bonus disc was them re-recording the demo songs in the studio or, or, or a higher grade studio and uh, it was really cool i thought because it was kind of like if though if they had done it back in the day they'd gone on and actually did an album with those songs you kind of finally got that album and i think they did a real good job with it and especially with the new album stuff i mean it was definitely if i was to Kind of pick a reform band that came back that probably the first one that comes to mind that I actually did enjoy and, and liked what they came back with and you know thought that it was uh, a, a good uh, comeback. Usually they fall flat and and the thing of it is is when they it seems like when when bands kind of or anything really that's passion related gets shelved, it seems like the the, the flame gets shelved with it. Unintentionally or intentionally, usually unintentionally, I would imagine. And that's just really, you know, when you're a kid, when a lot of these bands start up, fuck, I can even kind of remember when I was, you know, a kid, you know, first picking up the guitar, writing stuff. Hell, that was kind of how I played. I learned a few chords and, like, tried to already start to write a metal song and then realized, why wow, the fuck does this sound like total ass and just you know, messy as hell as hell, because, you know, you, you, for any guitar players out there, you, you don't play all six strings. I mean, you, you can, and bands do, and but it it, it isn't going to give you very uh, clear results if you're going to be sitting there playing it like that. But nonetheless, I was just excited to play and then, you know, and, and started to learn more about the guitar as I went and was trying to even come up with songs and lyrics and stuff. So, but... And, but there's just, like, that energy. There's, you know, I, I don't care if I'm doing it right or wrong. I thought I knew enough. You know, I'm just trying to, trying to get this. And not to say that everyone has that attitude uh, or approaches it that same way, but everyone, they have a certain flame. And especially when you're younger, you got time. You, you can go off and you could spend hours a day playing a guitar. So maybe you didn't know what the fuck you were doing, but by the end of the day you had a, a better understanding of it or, hell, even a, a better just fuck around with it that you just crafted it in your own style because hell you had no other guidance and no other way of figuring it out and that's kind of a cool thing and sometimes it works as a detriment to these bands that go away and come back because not so much in the case of pentagram but just like the case of pentagram how they only did a demo and you know so many decades later comes back and does an album they the, the, the initial they obviously grow up and so, there's really not too much that you can do to rekindle that youth, especially, or to know what mindset you were in, because you, it isn't like a, a, a teaching or or something that has a science behind it or a theory that it you know it, it, these are the rules and the 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 way to go about it. It's like well, if there's none of that guidance, then and it was just kind of fuck around, and it's really only going to be spur of that moment. And I think for a lot of bands that and that do put out a record like that to maybe really sloppy or, or just have that style to it. And then they go away and then they come back, you know, as established musicians or dads that, you know, now lost the anger in their life or whatever the hell have you found Jesus, whatever the hell, you know, we've, we've kind of dabbled on it before, you know, all the, all the reasons that could be, they lose, they just lose that, uh, that, that uh, initials flame or, or whatever direction they were trying to head in. And, a lot of times it's for the worst or you know and especially in these these cases it's it's just a very unique sound and honestly so i mean there's really no mystery as to why because if you have no rules and you're making your own of course it's going to be to your own beat and you know that can serve as a detriment to these bands then that come back you know we we really learned our instruments and so now we're really going to kick ass and it's just kind of like well fuck, now you just sound like everyone else, you know, because everyone's going to that same theory and stuff, and you know, to kind of get technical with it, that's uh, one of the, the, for me, uh, I probably, maybe just even an excuse to be a little bit lazier about guitar playing, but you know, to not like study music theory and stuff, because it's like, well, this is just some asshole that's pretty much telling you what works and why, and you know, and that's handy to know, but who's to say his opinion's any better than mine, just because it's it's got a a scholarship and stuff backing it. I mean, it's still, at the end of the day, music. You know, uh, a scholarship backing it would say that Linkin Park's awesome and that they know everything in the book about uh, music theory. But we all know, listening right here, unless it's a guilty pleasure that's leaking park sucks ass and i would rather put on a band that probably doesn't know the furthest thing from uh, freaking music theory to even knowing what that that even existed and yet they're just writing what came off their top of their head and which just happens to be kind of the scenario with uh what i was going to d- uh, delve into the next uh, i was going to delve into a song off the new rigor mortis band out uh, the new rigor mortis album and i've always really enjoyed the playing of uh, Mike, the guitar player, his his lead playing, just the playing in general, then you weren't exactly a reinventing the wheel kind of thrash band, but I guess in every, in a way they were at the same time because they had a unique sound. You put it on, that's, that's rigor mortis. They won't be duplicated and anyone may try and may get close, but you're not, you're never gonna, there's never gonna be any two rigor mortis. And so, with that being said, they had uh, Mike. I, I've been just fascinated by his guitar playing and stuff, and listened to some of the clinics and stuff that he has done. And he would he would go about and say how you know he's just self taught, never learned music theory and stuff. Pretty much, hardly even knows the notes on the neck. And uh, you know, I that's it's kind of cool to see when someone uh, can especially be successful at stuff and and that's really kind of i think that's where a lot of passion and stuff for the underground is is because that's what a lot of people like you know they either don't have the time to do it or just don't care they just want to play music and that's where it's really coming from your heart and for better or for worse sometimes but you know uh, that that's where a lot of it comes about and that's kind of the beauty of the underground is there's so much shit that if you just don't if you don't like you just turn it off you know and then find eventually find something that you do like so Nonetheless, uh, Rigor Morris ties into this topic in many ways. You know, uh, being a band that they were they were gone for a while, and well, Mike's dead, so even more so. And they did this album before he died. But uh, I was I was very curious because, it's like, ah, you know, this Rigor Morris versus the Earth. I I don't remember what that sounds like, but I don't remember it being very good uh freaks was cool uh I, I liked it but it was it was different because it didn't have bruce on vocals and then they had a second guitar player but it, it it was still they did like six feet under was a song that was on their demo so maybe that kind of helped keep the uh you know the the, the origins of it uh in, intact uh but it, nonetheless it was still a little bit different uh but it's still a good album or really an ep i think what there's like six songs in that so then there's this album. So you know when your band leaves on a note like that, like "Versus the Earth," yeah, you can only expect the worst. And especially, fuck, I don't know what twenty years later. I'm not. I'm not sure. So I was skeptical. I was curious to hear the album, and much to my surprise, surprise the new Rigor Morris album, "Slaves to the Grave," is a is a good output. Um... I, I was r- really shocked I mean it, it, I, I even like the cover art how they you know kept the uh, the skull guy that they had they they incorporated him in a cool way uh, really kind of stuck to their guns on it so here's a song off the new rigor mortis album slaves to the grave and we'll just go with uh, I'm just gonna pick at random here uh, flesh for fl- flesh for flies That's a perfect perfect example of when you just do random mail ordering and get something you didn't expect. That was Hades with a lone walking, and uh, at the time when I bought it, I thought I was getting the uh, power metal Hades uh, from uh, fuck Metal Blade or something at the. I don't even remember there's so many damn Hades but nonetheless it it wasn't the Hades that I got and uh, and, and I certainly at the time was way more closed-minded and just you know thrash and power metal hungry hungry to want a black metal record but then I got this and it's like fuck that was like really good and uh you know I've I've liked it ever since I found uh a particular demo too that's something that i really enjoyed i went on and i listened to the album then you know years later i i it was kind of just one of those things you know, you get it you knew you liked it wasn't like it was a, a totally obscure band but obscure enough to where it's like not always in your face flashing forward to like listen to me listen to me so kind of forgot about it and you know would, would jam it uh jam the hell out of it when i first got it and you know forgot about it through the years and then kind of became one of those things like oh yeah fuck yeah I need to listen to that and uh, so the albums were reissued and it was like, kind of like oh shit yeah uh, you know Hades I, I've never actually heard the albums I just only heard the demos and you know pop, popped on the album and uh, you know immediately went to a Alone Walking or Unholy Congregation whatever the hell some of the songs that were on that and didn't like them as much as the, uh, the demo versions but I, I think they're due for reviews you know as we've Talked about on the show before, you know, sometimes you're not in the right mood or something. But, uh, you know, especially when you're acquainted with a version, uh, hearing a new one can especially be, You can kind of throw you for a loop there for a second. And that's kind of why there's been numerous times just even as a... Uh, you know being in a band where it's like you know you don't really want to sit there and listen to when you're when you're recording the thing you get you know a rough mix just your progress more or less you don't want to get you don't want to keep listening to and listening to and listening to it uh, for pleasure at least because sometimes you get so well acquainted with it that when there's like a a necessary uh, tweak or something you got to do on it then it's like ah fuck you know (laughs) that doesn't sound as good and I, I don't don't recall if there's been ever any projects for me that that's actually happened with, but I've definitely known some guys or jammed with some guys that they've done that. It's like, I don't like it as much as the, the rough mix. And it's kind of, well, why the fuck did you keep listening to the damn thing? And, you know, kind of write that as it was embedded in your mind, more or less, because that's all that it's about, you know, as you embed it in your mind. And it's not like it was a, a rare transfer or something, but I just figured it was kind of long overdue. I I've always enjoyed the first Prong album, so I figured, what the fuck? Like I, you know, we haven't played Prong on here, so uh, in my veins is I, I, one of my favorite songs on there. I just I really like how how it you know it speeds up slow, it starts out slower and then speeds up and stuff. It's Just got a really cool guitar sound on it. Just uh, I think a, a pretty unique record. I, I've never really met too many Prong fans and especially uh, when i was really into like really jamming it and getting you know familiar with it just like you know everyone would kind of stink face it and you know through time meet him and it's like you know fuck yeah you know so yeah, maybe there's a bunch of people that are just not familiar with that and they're they hear prong and they think snap your fingers snap your neck or some of that industrial shit and tommy victor dyed blonde hair or whatever the hell he ended up doing jamming with rob zombie and crap like that and I don't know that that that's not the prong I liked (laughs) It certainly ain't the prong that I know well hell I never thought that I would have the opportunity to be introducing this man and I sure as hell didn't think that he'd be coming on the show but uh what can I say I mean he's a death metal legend and well for me a a comedic genius (laughs) as some may know and uh well fuck what else could I say just let him do the introducing.
1: Well, I, I think that kind of says uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it. This is Chris so. Barnes from Six Feet Under.
0: <laughs> Tis the season, and last year was the season in which we were very excited to have been given the opportunity to play some of this, the clips from Graveyard Christmas, which was going to be the next Six Feet Under album. And uh, obviously the title kind of lends a little bit more to it. So of course we're gonna jump on that. I mean I, I couldn't be any more excited to hear a six feet under cover, especially covers out al- six feet under's covers album. But uh, then we were informed later on that there was a delay or whatever. I mean needless to say we were we didn't have any grudges. We were just still happy to be the show that was playing it. But uh, so I guess I guess clarify then there there was a delay on it.
1: Yeah, there w- there was delays because uh, you know we. We are having troubles trying to find a, a label to put it out. Uh, you know, Metal Blade and Brian Schlegel have always been my home and, like, family to me, but uh, when it came down to the Christmas songs, you know, there was just some concerns about if uh, there was any copyrighted material and stuff, and so uh, Brian Schlegel would he didn't really want to stand by it, and uh, <laughs> what were we gonna do if Metal Blade didn't want to put it out? So we had all the we had the sneak peeks, and uh, you know we were getting great responses from it, and uh, kind of had to shelve it because we didn't really know what to do with it, uh, and that's kind of what brought this about.
0: I'm sure this is probably the number one question people may have asked you and i certainly have to know why a christmas album
1: well we we chose uh to do a christmas album because you know i've been doing death metal for quite a long time and uh you know just right about the same stuff and you know we do a lot of cover out songs and uh i just figured it'd be good to kind of give back to the audience that have uh and the fans that have supported my career so far and uh just figured, you know, what better way than to uh, kick ass with some uh, Christmas songs? And uh, you know, some people didn't know how to take that, including the band. But you know, once they saw, heard the finished product, they're just kind of like, "Oh, no, that, that's uh, that's definitely some good stuff." So, uh, <laughs> you know, I I guess the proof is in the pudding, as they say.
0: Right, but like, are you worried that like people would think it'd be silly, though? That would be definitely my follow-up question. As it is.
1: Like I said, you know, people were kind of—they uh, didn't know exactly what to think of it when uh, that when I brought up the idea of doing a Christmas cover album, and uh, you know, it was—it was, it was just—I uh, guess I was kind of worried, but uh, you know, I'm just—I uh, just figured it was a good idea, and uh, so my ideas, so people kind of question in the beginning uh you know they just uh you just gotta persevere and you gotta stick with it so i, I think that's well kind of what happened there and i don't i don't think it's silly at all I, what's, what's wrong with uh, making death metal christmas too
0: so when we didn't do the sneak peeks last year um there were a lot of people from what to my knowledge were saying you know they they really liked the way that your vocals sounded and they're giving it props like you know holy shitty sounds like you know back up uh, on tomb of the mutilated and stuff and even some people were kind of tearing you apart there chris uh with your current stuff uh saying that there's there's a big overall improvement to your vocals than there is on the latest records that you have done what would you say to that
1: oh i guess i mean uh, an improvement? I, I wouldn't say that there's an improvement. I mean, uh, I've always sang the way I've, was, you know, was for the time. I I think that when you maybe you notice when you hear the album, we kind of went for a, a twisted sister kind of thing, and uh, you know, I we, we used six feet under songs, and then we uh, you we know, put Christmas lyrics to them. And so, uh, you know, I I think by doing that with a lot of them being from Haunted, it was uh, maybe just kind of got me in the mood to really be more like that. Because you know, I mean, as anyone would kind of notice by going through our uh, through our catalog there, uh, that uh, you know, Six Feet Under, we always tried doing different things, especially with the last album. I I think by doing a lot of listening to uh Haunted with you know, with their songs being kind of raised from there, I uh, kinda just noticed that uh it maybe, you know, just kinda got in my blood a little bit and uh you know, because Six Feet Under we've always tried just keeping a fresh approach to things and uh, you know, from going from our last album, Unborn, down to Haunted, you know, there's a there's definitely a difference in vocals and, and and lineups and it just sounds a lot different you know we always kind of keep pushing things and keep trying doing stuff you know we don't want you to just to to get what you expect but also to get what you expect if you if you know what i mean <laughs> i i an improvement i mean i i, wouldn't, I, I think that I, every release that i do and uh, you know the current vocal performance that i'm at is the, the best. So I, you know, I, I practice every day. I, I, you know, I do this for my living. This is my craft. This is my art. This is my love. So of, of course, you know, I take it very seriously. And, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe there's a kind of an homage to that style from haunted on here. But, uh, you know, just some people, maybe if that, if some people think that's sicker or whatever they may be saying, then, Hey, so be it. Then we Doing some shit Christmas tunes.
0: <laughs> well, here it is. Then Graveyard Christmas is coming out here shortly, and uh, from what I gather, there's some special details to the release. It isn't just your everyday release. So go ahead, Chris, and you can fill us in on the details.
1: Like I said, with the with the original release, the plan behind it was uh, to uh, to do you know a uh, to give back to the fans, and I figured what better way. to Christmas. I, yeah, you know, I, I kind of got the idea when I was—I uh, forget when it was, but I—I uh, I was watching a Buffalo Bills game, and uh, you know, it's there, snowing and all this stuff, and it was pretty much like a whiteout. And yeah, uh, you know, I—I'm I, I, from Buffalo, and I've—I've I've got a you know hometown at heart kind of thing, and just kind of looked out, and I saw that there was uh, just palm trees and stuff, and. You know, a little bit of home was not within me. And I, I figured that, uh, you know, what better way to kind of bring back a good feeling of and give it back to fans than a, than a Christmas album. And, you know, we, we do obviously fond of covers and do Christmas songs, you know, and introduce kids to songs that maybe they don't know or get them in a different spirit of Christmas that they didn't otherwise feel. So, yeah, uh, we're going to do a we're keeping it free and we're going to give it back to the fans uh, and we're doing a self-release and just a limited release that'll be available uh, for download anyone that you can download it for free and I guess that's just Six Feet Under's way of saying Merry Christmas and thank you for all the years of dedication to Six Feet Under and to myself, Chris Barnes.
0: Well, probably the shortest interview we've ever had, but I appreciate you coming on, Chris. Well, I appreciate
1: uh, you giving me the chance here, Reaper. Uh, From what I gather, you're a negative kind of dude. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, uh, (laughs) don't give it uh, too much of a rip on, I guess, if you're going to go that way.
0: I'll do my best. Wrench there. (laughs) It's all good fun. Thank
1: you.
2: In a one horse open sleigh yeah. Shinkle bells, shinkle bells, shinkle all the way Oh what it is to in a one horse open sleigh <laughs> Get yes, the with balls of body the season to be <speaking in Spanish> <speaking in Spanish> Christmas Carol! <laughs> oh ho, 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 Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay. From now on, our travels will be boiled away. Oh 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 ho. Please, no, it's not. Please, no, it's not. no, it's not. No, see you, no, but it's I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. No Police no Police no no it off, it, taste it Oh, 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 oh! oh. Rusty, the Snowman was a charming, happy soul. With a corn cup and a pumpkin Two eyes made out of coal. Rusty the Snowman. The fairy tale they say He was made of snow And silver and gold He came to life one day <laughs> Bumpity thump, 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 awesome thump, thump, thump dump thump Look Frosty Gold Over the hills of snow thump thump oh, 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 oh. Told to me, ha ra ra A newborn king to see, ha ra ra Our finest Gifts we bring, ha ra ra To lay before the king, ha ra 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 Oh, ra ra Silver bells! Silver bells! It's Christmas time in the city! Ring on the hear them say, soon it will be Christmas Day! Ho 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 ho! Oh
0: Me a while ago and we, we never really got to cover on the show before and well I guess until today Reaper I have a simple question are there too many rules in the heavy metal culture while I, I would at glance be inclined to say yes there are while thinking about it in preparation for the show I have a contradicting kind of answer to it to say maybe not so much While I would say yes because obviously there would be you know well short hair is you gotta have long hair to be in the metal and you know i and maybe at one point that was true but you know both eddie satan and uh kevin from graveworm have short hair i've never questioned whether or not they're in the metal or the golden rule i guess doesn't really follow because at the end of the day it doesn't matter if you're a true fan or not but then again at the same time you know it, it slices the other way it's like well are you you're going to be more attracted to a band that is a bunch of long hairs you're going to be looking at a bunch of guys that look like they're you know attorneys and dentists by day and you know heavy metal band by night so you know it has it has that flip side to it but I think some of that, too, though, you can kind of see in the face of people, not exactly just by their hair length or how they dress, you know, their demeanor, or it's just their attitude, you, know, you can kind of even see it by a simple band photo, especially kind of now with the whole glorification that has become like magazines and stuff, you know, the bands that they really, with the high def or the high quality of that photos have become, they can't, they still, you know, look kind of just down to earth and themselves, true to their own, that that i think kind of steps outside the the box of it so it kind of slices both ways you know hair would be an example of a metal rule but then i just gave an example to where i personally feel it kind of defies that rule and it it does become accepted okay well they don't have long hair so it's no big deal so right there would be a, a rule that might be potentially too much but you know, at the same time, I think a lot of those rules pretty much kind of fall into the same category. But some of them are, you know, pretty uh, true and needed. I can't exactly even think of these some of them, and fuck, I can't even exactly list them off as if there's a handbook that's even specifying them. And really, where, where does where do the rules go and how far do they go? I really think it's kind of under the individual. I, I think at glance from what I would attribute to be a more of a childish perspective would be yeah, there'd be a ton of rules because some kid. Then I know when I was a kid, we you know, you had this fucking laundry list of rules. You know that they have to have long hair. They they can't. Uh, what do they do on stage? Is just strictly headbang. Uh, what, what what band shirts are they they wearing? What 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 bands are they thanking? And their their list. You know, do they wear Adidas? They got Adidas shoes. That's no good. You know, shit like that. That those were at least my rules and what I was looking for. And now I've you know. I've I've had bands that I liked and then then I found that out, uh, Anthrax being one of them. But then, you know, you kind of learn through time, it's like, well, well, that's a fucking pair of shoes. Like, who who really gives a shit? Or, you know, or a band that, you know, he seemed to lean towards new metal kind of thing. And then maybe that was... Were a lot of it because a lot. I think a lot of my rules were ones that were bordering on the new, new metal thing, and that was what was going on at the time. That was you know when I'm when I was growing up in in, in school and stuff. That was what was really popular, and so you're getting lumped into it. So of course you are going to have a, a lot of rules. So it it really shit. It really depends. I, I think it's 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 such a personal kind of thing that you know whatever gets you through and makes you you're, you fine at the end of the day then really as long as you're listening and listening to what you like and it's it's all metal it's all it's all community and whatever unless you're going around shooting people for violating those rules or something you're pretty much gonna find out that you know your hermit shell of a a rule book is gonna be pretty much proven wrong at some point and that there's not just gonna be some idiot that you know that you can just judge and abide by i mean granted as we've Delved it with on the show, you know, dissecting the bands and ripping on them as we have. There's definitely valid points, and a lot, a lot of it sticks to be pretty true to your your rule book. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, you've got to have a, an open mind to everything. So, with that being said, having an open mind to everything, I think that certainly there's a lot of there's a lot of rules, and there there's certainly good gauges. Talking as I'm thinking, it really the rules are something that is more so for a sheltered youngster or just a sheltered person that hasn't grown up yet because whether it be metal or anything really, if you're going to be prejudiced about anything let's just face it, if you're going to have this rule book there's a a prejudice to it because you haven't met everyone in the world you don't know what it's it's all going to be about so you don't know what everyone's going to be doing with how they're going to be dressing or how they're even thinking I've met so many people and I've even made the point that uh, for even Europeans that's you know a guy that like lights hate breed in europe as opposed to american like hate breed the chances of the the european guy being a full-on douche are a little more slim than the european guy and i mean if if i were to just stick by my rip metal rule book being prejudiced by that then i'd be entirely wrong and proven wrong i mean that guy could be rocking friggin' hate breed all he wants, and I could be laughing at him all he want, all I want. But at the end of the day, if he's got way vast metal knowledge than I do, way more stuff than me, then who the, obviously is the bigger fan there? So it really doesn't it really doesn't play any matter to it. And I think that yeah. So anyone that has the more extensive rules are probably the ones that are more either jealous, they got, just got some sort of chip on their shoulder. If it's not as simple as being a kid or just a some sort of Hermit, really. But one of the metal rules that seemingly is is one that's coming into play is that vinyl is better and you gotta collect vinyl. And we're gonna abide by that today because Hell's Headbangers has reissued Destroyer 666 Unchained the Wolves on vinyl and it's available as on, on blue on blue vinyl or on black vinyl. And if you haven't picked it up yet, it has an alternate cover. It L- looks really freaking cool. I, I, it was really cool to see that come out on vinyl again. Nice gateful cover. It's available now at Hell's Headbangers, so you heard it here. That is your metal rule that you must a buy, buy, you got to get that on vinyl. It Comes with a poster too, so there you go. If you're not just, if you're not sold into the metal rule of having to buy it because it's on vinyl, well then that's, you got to get it for the poster. So <laughs> there, there's a an expensive roundabout way of getting the record if you're not going to agree with the metal rule. Well, and that's about it for this time. I'm Reaper. You can email me at Hellcast at Hellsheadbangers.com. I've I've kept going with them. I'm sharing different bands and stuff that have come from my personal collection and whatever that uh kind of some of these I haven't even fucked I haven't even really listened to them in a long time and uh it's been kind of cool busting them out. You know, you dust them off sometimes. So you know, there's only so much so many hours in a day you can listen to that stuff. And a lot of times it's pretty cool to, you know, you have something that you really, really like, you're really well acquainted with it, and you let it sit for a few years. Kinda let it uh get a little more obscure in your mind or have its memory you know and then when you listen to it that many years later it almost is like it, if if it impacted you that much back when you were jamming it all the time it almost takes you back it's kind of a cool trip down memory lane and that's where a lot of this has been so it's definitely cool and you know i like sharing that kind of stuff speaking of kind of like where i said earlier where people are a little more attracted to older bands uh and there's stuff finally being, like an an old obscure band that's finally just being put out on CD or LP, more than just a demo tape for the first time. This is a scenario of one that I'm just kind of still blown away by, and that's the band Heretic, the American one. Well, one of the American ones, uh, I'm sure, which, uh, interesting enough, had later on um, Mike Howe from Metal Church. Well, Mike Howe as in this case, from Heretic, who went on and sang for Metal Church. Well, then uh, later on, David Wayne, for, who was you know obviously before Mike Howe and Metal Church, went on and did uh, Reverend, which also then had, uh, I believe, two members of Heretic. So kind of a weird, keep it in the family kind of thing. I, I much prefer the uh, stuff without Mike Howe. I didn't really think that that album was very good. Uh, breaking Breaking point, the Heretic album. But Anyway, I, my CD has Don't Turn Your Back and Breaking Point uh both albums which uh they they put on the one CD. And I was I, I was the CD I I had a, a tape of uh Breaking Point. Well, this and the CD goes by Don't Turn Your Back and Breaking Point, which is kind of confusing to me because I thought that uh the EP was Torture Knows No Boundary uh but the, their their first EP that didn't have uh Mike Howe on vocals was excellent. I thought of a unique vocalist on there. I've I've kind of forgot his name already. It was great stuff, and I always had a tape of it. So I finally, I, I, and I got an LP of it. And so, but I something I regularly jammed, and I don't like to, you know, you can't jam LPs in the car, and what am I going to do, record onto another tape or transfer it to CD? I guess I could, and but not, I didn't think I had to because there was this CD that had the two-on-one, had the EP, and then the album with Mike Howe. And I, you know, it took a little while to either remember to look for it or find it. And I finally found it. I get the damn thing in the mail, pop it on, and much to my surprise, the the EP, Torture Has No Boundaries, which I thought the goddamn thing was called, but according to this thing, it's probably even got another freaking thing, or maybe I'm just talking on my ass and it really is called Don't Turn Your Back. Nonetheless, it's got it on here, and it sounds like shit. It, it, It does, like, there's, it sounds like an MP3. I mean, maybe I'm... Maybe I'm the only one in the listening audience that knows the difference, but with a highly compressed MP3, you can first, and foremost, hear it in the cymbals. It's like they got the weird ring, like when you just hit it, rather than a cymbal, you're having that decay. It's like it sounds like crystallized almost. It just sounds like shit, and that, and this is what this is exactly what this sounds like shit. But nonetheless, it's great music. So here's the shitty sounding version that I'm going to play of White Chapel. I think that's kind of a cool Jack the Ripper kind of. Uh, song. And then after that we'll I'll end the show with uh The Horde of Torment. Really cool band. Uh kinda always remind me when I when I I played the band False Prophet one time in the show and I highly recommend anyone listening to it that's like, Oh yeah, False Prophet, they're a good band. To pick up the 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 compilation CD that came out, talking of an old band that's been reissued. Uh but somehow Horde of Torment and False Prophet remind me of one another. They don't sound alike but they I guess the vocal style. Because it's like almost at least on the, the false prophet uh, sign of the cross demo, he's got like a kind of a, a punk voice, and same with horror of torment. You know, it isn't trying to be like, Ugh! Or, you know, a tough or monster voice. It's just kind of like a guy, you know, just yelling more, more like like punk is, you know. And uh, so maybe that's what I attributed, or maybe because I just hear, heard him at the same time and both demos. Uh, re- Repeated on the, were one sided, so once you flipped it over, it was the same program on both sides. Or maybe it was all of the above. Nonetheless, I I love the Horde of Torment, and uh, I'm going to stick with the the title of the demo, "Product of a Sick Mind." This is actually another band I, I stumbled across an LP of this demo, and I I was very happy. I I hope that uh, their stuff will be reissued one day too. So. So here, here's Her- Heretic with White Chapel, and then after that, to end the show, will be The Horde of Torment with Product of a Sick Mind. Thanks for tuning in the Hellcast. We'll talk to you next time.